This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. Do you get the quality sleep you need? Mattress Firm will find you the right bed for your best rest with their wide selection of quality mattresses at every price. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. Sleep at night. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. I've got someone special on today. Her name is Emily King. She's a Grammy-nominated musician, and I love her because she's literally made the soundtrack to my love life. You make lots of different kinds of songs. You make a lot of love songs, beautiful love songs. Thank you. Two of which are like, of course, two of which are time capsule love songs for my relationship with my husband. (laughs) Like if I hear them, if we hear them, then this is like, it goes back to summer 2015 (gasps) and we started dating. Yeah. One of them is Decisions, which you made with Taylor McFerrin. And the other one is Distance. Because he used to work overnights, and so we didn't always get to see each other. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it wasn't that much distance. Yeah, like yeah, he just yeah. lived maybe like twenty minute walk away from my apartment. But that must have felt like forever because you were in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I hear those two songs, it's like I'm going right hey, back, like immediately right I'm back. I'm so happy. That's awesome. Emily King is prolific when it comes to love songs. For the past 15 years of her career, she's been churning out the ballads while keeping her own love life very private. But all that has been turned upside down. And now she's squarely in breakup territory, personally and professionally. She's breaking her silence about the end of her relationship and she's put it to music in her new album titled Special Occasion. The process that I was going through and still I'm going through, which is a breakup of a long, long-term relationship. And so I would mark that as the special occasion. I have a theory that when you're going through a breakup, it's actually kind of satisfying to talk about the breakup and turn it over, look at it in new ways. But at a certain point, your friends are talked out and ready for you to move on, even if you aren't. And for those times... Breakup songs can be the last companions to hold you as you process. Even when you're not going through a breakup, the melancholy of breakup music is just so good. And I think a lot of you out there, broken up with or not, are going to get in your feels about this conversation. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org. Listening to the news can feel like a journey. But the 1A podcast guides you beyond the headlines and cuts through the noise. Listen to 1A, where we celebrate your freedom to listen by getting to the heart of the story together. Only from NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. Emily King, welcome to It's Been a Minute. Thank you for having me. Hi, Brittany. Hi, it's absolutely our pleasure. So let's get into it. You mentioned you're going through a breakup right now and this album is the final album that you made with your producer, Jeremy Most, who you also were in a relationship with for five years. 14 years. Four, wait, 14 years? <laughs> I know. I was, that's Because we fact-checked that. Oh, my we God. Well, no, that, I'm sure you did, but it was very much a private relationship. So there's no facts about no. it. <laughs> Except what, yeah, now okay. I'm, I'm sweating bullets even just talking to you about it because we always were very private. The music was our is our language that we speak with each other. So, hmm. As this is the last album for the time being that y'all have collaborated on, it it kind of is a breakup album, and lyrically that is coming through. But it's also different than other breakup albums. This album feels like one of the first conscious uncoupling albums that I've heard. Not oh, wow. in the, you know, I'm better off without you or it's your fault. You did this. You hurt me deeply way. But it feels like a very level-headed, deeply felt processing of a relationship. Well, it's nice to hear you say that. There is absolutely no animosity. And in fact, I don't consider it a breakup album because I don't want to break up. I don't know. It's more of like a reimagining of, of a relationship or a repackaging of a relationship because if it's up to me, we just keep going and keep making music and keep being best friends. Everything is changing. People growing apart. It's when I get to thinking I might be losing your heart. Timeline-wise, was this music a way of processing this reimagining of your relationship or was it kind of like the production and the reimagining kind of happened at the same time? Mm. They're very much intertwined. The evolution of things were happening while we were creating. And mm. so there were long moments of lulls and space and not being able to talk to each other and then coming back together and saying, well, let's just finish it because this is the best thing that we're able to do. I know what I did. Won't you come back home now? My history is that my parents 
when I was a kid, were singing together as a band. They were a duo, a jazz duo, and that's how they made right, their right. bread and butter. And when they stopped being in a relationship together, they disbanded the music. And that was the hardest thing for my brother and I was to, you know, oh, you guys aren't doing shows together anymore. Now I see myself repeating history. I wonder, like, did your mom have lessons for you on, on how to move through this kind of creative and emotional breakup or, or, or reimagining? Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, as you brought up, like, there's some similarities. One of the things I appreciate the most about my parents is that they've always been able to freely discuss how they're feeling in that moment. Hmm. We don't like to harbor things for a long period of time, for better or worse. <laughs> Just, like, spit I mean, it out I, I, and say yeah. how you feel. It's nice. I feel like so many, it's the opposite of how so many people I feel, like, <laughs> feel with their parents where it's like, they don't get that kind of honesty. That's amazing that you say she's so emotionally available to you. She is. And it's, you know, there's the honesty and then there's the aftermath of honesty. <laughs> That's kind of how I <laughs> felt about this record. It's like, okay, well, now I know what my heart needs from me. Great. So let's celebrate. But then the next day, it's like a hangover, honesty hangover. How do I work through this now that I've made this decision? Hmm. Yeah, it's very much a work in progress. I was calling mom <laughs> too much. <laughs> no such thing. No such thing. I was like hamster wheel because you just keep saying the same things. And she's sort of the reinforcer and she's always been very definite about her feelings even when I was a kid no meant no and so in in this situation she you know held her her opinion on things and it was helpful for me because you just get lost in memories the good times Mm -hmm. and nostalgia and things like that you want to sit in it yeah like well why yeah what about that we made pancakes and we went there and that was a nice day and what, you know, well, oh, that's nice and everything, but oh, what about all this other stuff that you say you want, but you don't have? So it's nice to have people who have those, um, the, the perspective that you don't have. Coming up, Emily tells us how she decides when to write versus when to feel. Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. Do you wish stories could unfold over three hours rather than three minutes? You tired of doom scrolling? Trying to find humanity? Or maybe a deeper understanding of why the world is the way it is? Listen to Embedded, NPR's original documentary series. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. In any great story, there's a moment that sparks your curiosity. It tells you there is more to uncover. How how did this happen? How did we get here? That's where Embedded comes in. We are NPR's home for documentary journalism. Immersive and intimate stories. I was stone-cold speechless. Nothing will ever, 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 ever be the same here. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. 
But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. You know, going back to the idea of this album really honoring this relationship, even though the romantic form of it has closed, your song False Start, it does not feel like a kiss-off. It's acknowledging that you relied on this other person. But also, the title, False Start, it's implied in there, this person is not the one, quote unquote. Mm. It's a great title for a song, by the way. But I wonder, what were you reading or listening to or talking about Mm. while you were in the period of creating this album, Mm. even that song specifically, to get to this like emotional space Mm. where it's like acknowledging the end of something while also respecting um, what was? Thank you for talking about False Start, because that's one of my favorites. It feels like I'm connecting with a true moment whenever I sing that song. I had the verses for a couple of years. I had that, I get lost in when I do, that, that part. That song just wrote itself. It's a false I had a window of opportunity where I had acted on the decision to trust myself. But there was a point where that began to hurt. So I turned around Hmm. and I went back to the comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. while I was in this comfort zone, I was having these painful spiritual moments. What I was trying to tap into was songwriters who dare to be honest in a sort of bold way that might offend the people around them because they know what they're talking about. It's like a comedian who's trying not to keep his his best jokes from being heard because he doesn't want to offend his uncle or his, you know, his <laughs> right, teacher, right, elementary right. school teacher. <laughs> you know, this, this wasn't just a personal breakup, but to a certain degree, at least currently, like it's a creative breakup as well. You've talked in the past about how you and your producer and former partner Jeremy Most would co-parent songs. And now that you're kind of, you know, when you end a a relationship and you fill out (laughs) those edges of yourself again, you can put that in a song. Oh, I love that. Fill out the edges of yourself. (laughs) I love the visual. Just spread now. (laughs) (laughs) Sketching it, exactly. But I wonder, yeah, what, what have you discovered about yourself creatively, you know, since the end of that relationship? Well, I was terrified to go on tour without him. He's not missed a show for 14 years. And an absolutely wonderful band leader and a perfectionist. It answered a question that I had. It was like, can I do it? Can I do this? I think I can do it with the right team. And just trusting that I have the ability to to move forward. They made it so easy because they're just brilliant musicians. 
Hmm. I know it sounds silly because I've been doing shows for my whole life, but yeah, once one major ingredient leaves the recipe, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. like, oh, is, will this still taste good? I don't know. <laughs> and um, turns out you can substitute one for the other, put a little bit more sugar in it. That's my answer to everything. Mm. So Ooh. <laughs> I'm really grateful for this tour. It, it gave me a lot of confidence that I didn't have. It's so interesting. Like while you have created essentially like a soundtracks to so many people's romantic lives, you've been very private about your personal life in that way. Up until this album, I, I wonder what made you want to keep your privacy for so long, but also what, changed. You definitely seem more open to sharing. Before, I think the albums were not representative of my relationship necessarily. They were just like Hmm. bodies of music that had moments of self-reflection. There was no tragedy. (laughs) You know, it was, (laughs) everything was pretty smooth sailing and I love my privacy. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I think I was asked not long ago in an interview about the situation and I almost surprised myself just talking about it and instantly felt guilty about it. And Mm. I don't enjoy the feeling of shame about being honest. Maybe it's a plea as well because you know, it's like I said, it's still in, in the in the thick of things. But mm-hmm. I think it was an accident that I'm talking so much about it. And and now I can't stop. <laughs> so I, I, I apologize <laughs> in advance. No. I want him to know how much I love him. And I want that to be on record. Mm. I appreciate listening to other people who are unguarded and I've never been that person. I don't think so. I may be just trying something new. I think we all know how much it benefits us to understand that other people are going through the same things that we are. It's, it's early summer. There's definitely people who are going through. Oh man. Right oh, man. My I've, heart goes I've out. broken up. <laughs> Twice on Memorial oh. Day weekend in my life. So oh, like, no. it definitely, it's, it's too long of a weekend. They should just, you it's know. It's too long of a weekend. Too There's going to be people you know, who are hearing you t- today or are going to be listening to this conversation, and this is going to touch them. There's so much in the lyrics from this album that speak to what it sounds like is, you know, your current emotional state. How do you decide what hurt goes in the album Mm. and what stays Mm. in your journal? Wow. Wow. I think um, it depends on how lazy I am that day. If I decide to, you know, clean the house or actively write a song. (laughs) 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 How sorry for myself and my feeling. Is it just enough where I can still pick up the guitar? There's a song on the record called Easy. Mm-hmm. 
was in tears, and it was so painful that instead of eating ice cream, I sang. So I, I just sang because I think singing is soothing. You don't have to be a professional to feel the effects of singing. It's healthy, I think.、Mm-hmm. And I wrote that song just to get through that moment. Maybe I'm a little superstitious. If I'm in a relationship, I don't like mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. tell people. I've been in situations in life where you, the minute you start to celebrate, life is like, "Oh, okay, let's flip it on you." Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, how, let's、yeah. see how you do. You know, literally dropped my birthday cake as I was blowing out the candles. So no. <laughs> So you really I did, did and, and, and I and、oh, I put、no. it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> But if it makes you happy, why not? I wonder to you, what song on the album best embodies your emotional growth and change? The songs that. Project out into the future of who I want to be, and I'm not necessarily feeling that way. But like this year, you know that that's a projection of oh, this is who I want to be. Instead of looking for other people to. Satisfy me. What maybe I can try to satisfy me first, and then they're off the hook. Just trying to light myself up inside to keep going. Hmm, Emily, I have a feeling that this album is going to be doing the same for a lot of other people. Thank you so much. It was so great to have、Aww. you on to talk about this album today. It was just great. Thank you so much, Brittany. Emily King's new album titled "Special Occasion" is out now. Hey, Brittany. This is Drew from DC. I wanted to see if you're watching the latest season of The Ultimatum on Netflix, and if so, what are your thoughts on Vanessa? Curious to hear what you think. Thanks.、Mm. First of all, Drew, thank you so much for calling in and asking the right question because I absolutely am watching the newest season of The Ultimatum on Netflix, aka The Ultimatum Queer Love. It is so good, and Vanessa, I think, as much as she annoys me on a personal level because of her insistence that she is the main character in the movie of everybody else's life, as much as. She will do literally anything for attention, and secretly, or not so secretly, rather, believes that literally everyone is in love with her. She makes perfect reality TV villainy. I feel like Vanessa is just the definition of that reality TV gal that you love to hate, you hate to love, but you have to also admit that the show doesn't work without her. So Vanessa, don't want to know you, but love having you. Thank you once again to Drew from DC. And to all of you listening, I want to know what you want to talk about too. Anything from the biggest pop culture story of the week to the newest bangers to the TV show everyone is talking about. 
If there's something everyone in your world is going on about, record a quick voice memo with your first name, location, and the topic, and send it to ibam at npr.org. That's I-B-A-M at npr.org. I cannot wait to hear what you want to talk about. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Barton Girdwood, Alexis Williams, Liam McBain, Corey Antonio Rose. Our editor is Jessica Placzek. Engineering support came from Jason's. Our executive producer is Verilyn Williams. Our VP of Programming is Yolanda Sanguini. Our senior VP of Programming is Anya Grundman. All right, that's all for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom-tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top-10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at BetterHelp.com slash NPR to get 10% off your first month. The Embedded Podcast brings you eye-opening reporting. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts.